all our blessed people. I know that uh, we most of your churches today, you have this uh, unequal opportunity and privilege to witness the tremendous visitation that the Lord Jehovah Yahweh has set for this hour. And uh, I saw the wonders, the signs and wonders that uh, he has set out to illustrate to this generation at this hour. And of course, that goes a long way to underscore that uh, indeed this generation is a privileged generation is a generation that uh, has been given this very wonderful disposition of love from the Lord. And so how you manage it now becomes the issue, becomes um, the most important aspect of this conversation. Because we are not too well that uh, the Lord Jehovah is visiting the earth right now in a very astounding way. And the purpose for which he is visiting the earth is absolutely very, very clear now that he is summoning the attention of all living men, of all men. He is... Uh, calling the attention of all people, all nations. He's renditioning their attention from the world back to himself. Uh, that uh, they may be able to see his messengers and then, of course, receive his instruction for the glorious coming of the Messiah. And that really is the bottom line, the fundamental reason behind the visitation that you see at this hour. Now, we know too well that uh, God the Father has now shown this very wonderful love, the disposition of grace, the latter glory, the latter anointing that he promised in the Bible. And today you saw the Lord, you saw the physical manifest presence of the Lord, you saw the cloud of God Almighty visit the earth. And these are big things, these are not small things. Uh, way back in time past, which I'm very familiar with, the Lord established this, this visitation through the tabernacle worship. And now, we've established it through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace that has ruptured the curtain and allowed him to resend his messengers at this time. And then the cloud 
of the Father has come. The Lord Jehovah, your will. Now, previous, uh, which I'm familiar with, quite a great depth, not yet been allowed to reveal at this point in time, but uh, it came within the tabernacle worship. And the message was very clear that he came to demonstrate and illustrate the Israel and mankind in totality the holiness of God, the holiness of God. He came to illustrate the holiness of God, Jehovah, and the sinfulness of sin. And so that becomes a very clear message at this day too except that now through Christ Jesus, the mediator. And that mediation was very important for both the Gentile church and the Hebrew nation because in Exodus 19, verse 12, it said, you shall set barriers to the people all around, all around the mountain, and saying unto them, Beware that you do not go up on the mountain or touch its border. Whoever touches the mountain must be put to death. So again, like I said, to demonstrate the holiness of Hashem, of Elohim, Yehovah Yahweh, to demonstrate his holiness and at the same time to clearly illustrate the sinfulness of sin, in other words, the sinfulness of man because of the fall. And in that context, then you can see the purview the Lord has used for the current visitation. So you see that in all time, even now in the Central Park, we can even set all the way from Kapkatech and the cloud has visited me that speaks with you. And in this time, and in this particular mission, and in this generation, so enumerating probably from Kapkatech. And then we move to Kericho. Kisimu. Nakuru. Menengai 1, Menengai 2. Central Park. Angola. Helsinki. So you can count and count many times that so the Lord has come and enveloped He that sits with you. 
when we that speak with you have called upon God the Father to visit, and he has come promptly into the meeting. And speaking from that first mission, at the time before Christ came, to this hour now, again, we saw in verse 12 of Exodus 19, to demonstrate the holiness of Jehovah Yahweh, the holiness of God, and to clearly illustrate the sinfulness of sin, the sinfulness of man. So don't touch the holy mountain. Don't touch the mountain of visitation. Don't touch where my glory settles, because the only stands, the only settles, is pillar on holy ground, because wheresoever his pillar stands is holy ground. And you see the conversation transmitted at this hour, the message is transmitting at this hour also using the key messenger speaking with you today. And so, then, on the mountain and here now, we are still brought for this visitation in order to express and present to you the church, to you this generation, that the Lord your God, He cares, and He longs to draw mankind close to Him, except that now through Christ Jesus, and then the Messiah is coming, so the messengers have been sent. A lot of visitation now in place. So now the messengers that are preparing the way, the voice that cries out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. So now these messengers, now by the grace of Christ, they have been sent. And the instruction is still the same as the cloud comes. He is still saying, I desire to have a close relationship with men except that the holiness of God is totally irreducible because God still remains holy forever, eternally, from eternity to eternity he will always remain holy. So these visitations, when he comes and sees the pillar from heaven, is his pillar himself settles and he that speaks with you. The Lord essential underscores his greatest desire and, and need that he wants to draw mankind close to himself, to have this relationship, worship relationship, and Christ is very instrumental in this, because now the prophets have been sent through the grace of Christ Jesus the Messiah. And then uh, the other very important aspect is the quality of that worship then, that he is, he, he is longing for this worship through Christ Jesus, 
then now he's settling the pillar or he that fits with you to demonstrate the quality requirements of that worship, that the quality of that worship is clearly pronouncing the quality of that worship through the pillar that's settling on he that speaks with you. And then he says, like him, you too now can choose righteousness and listen to the instruction that the two are giving. And then, like him, the righteousness of the Lord will belong to you now. Through Christ Jesus. But the messengers that transmit that message and prepare for the glorious King the Messiah are now here. And then the illustration and the demonstration of the kind and the quality of worship sacrifice that the Lord requires to be met. So fundamentally, in so doing, in placing forth the worship requirement, the cloud coming in the pillar and settling on the that's speaking with you, and then in that way also transmitting the message, not only do I desire to have a relationship, a close relationship with my fallen man, for Christ Jesus has bridged, but now the holiness of God still remains. Now through Christ Jesus, man must receive Christ because this relationship is looking for is saying that time is over, eternity is drawing nearer, and that relationship shall endure forever for those that will receive Jesus and be born again. Except that he now says that the emphasis is also on the pronouncement that he is making in his cloud by settling on Jesus' attribute, where he is fundamentally and principally saying that, look, you could not touch the mountain in that time. And so I settled only on the mountain. I said, don't touch. And then look, even as the Messiah is coming, I've settled on he that sits with you. In order to explain to you very clearly the serious and genius and grievous disconnection that sin brought into the sacred relationship between Elohim, the Creator, and mankind. But now bridged by Christ, in accepting Christ, and embracing righteousness, then that disconnection, that disconnect, that disparity between the original position of creation before the fall and a moment you climb the stairs when you're entering heaven to go be with God, to go have eternity in heaven, that that disconnection, that disparity, that difference, he says, was created by sin and is demonstrating that through the pillar that is settled. Because he's saying, look, I'm not settling on everybody here. But the Messiah has come. 
And for without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. So he's using again the same Jesus when he is come in his cloud and settled on he that fits with you in order to magnify, in order to express, in order to underscore, in order to lay out clearly the disconnection that sin brought between himself and man in that very divine and sacred relationship he established as creation. So the Lord is saying that this is the time for repentance. In other words, that your eyes have seen this, then repentance is very key. Very key. You know so well that he's placed his residence on the mountain on Mount Sinai at that time. The cloud, he came in his cloud. The physical presence, God himself manifests nature and presence, local presence of God in a localized place, as you all know. And so, even now, there is a fall in the church. And he's telling the church that, look, I am tabernacled upon him that speaks with you. I've made my divine residence on him in your eyes, lies, broad daylight. But I long that when you receive Christ to be holy and righteous, that you too may enjoy this relationship with your Creator. But it's amazing now that God is coming to meet His people who He, now the Messiah came, released the two prophets. And then, the Messiah is coming now, the preparing of the way, the latter glory that was promising, Haggai chapter 2, and now he comes in that latter glory. Again, still to meet his people, that they may prepare for the Messiah. That is the purpose. A meeting place. But now he, they may prepare for the coming king, for the Messiah, their Redeemer, their Savior. Then, again, they met in the tabernacle. Now, that tabernacle is supposed to be a man, that there is a postcard in the church. Met with the children of Israel. Set out the agenda. And gave them their mission, their duty. Very central. The Creator. 
But now, the agenda that we bring is to prepare the way for the glorious coming of the Messiah. It's very critical that this generation does understand the righteousness requirements of the worship that Christ brought. That is the conversation ongoing that he has brought when he has settled and he has fixed it. The purity. So, demonstrating the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man, the sinfulness of sin, and that that gap, that gap that was wrought by sin, brought in by sin, he saying now should be eroded because the Messiah has come. But you have to listen to the messengers you have sent, that you may receive the Lord and walk in the rightful Christianity, because of apostasy, the holy Christianity, the righteous Christianity where there is uprightness, where there is purity, a Christianity that he is emphasizing through the pillar is the Christianity of irreproachability, holiness, and morality. Because he says, blameless, without blame, washed, the sins washed, purity, separation from the immorality of this world, moral, moral, moral decay. And the Lord is talked about the integrity of salvation. And so, all these are very important aspects that the Lord is underscoring at this hour in this visitation. So, he is emphasizing the preparing of the way by the church for the glorious coming of the Messiah. And we know that that righteousness and holiness he's talking about is from God the Father. And he's saying that for now there is a apostasy and there is need for correction. That the world has been corrupted by the pulpit all across the world. But he's saying back to the righteousness of the Lord that Jesus destroyed and the holiness of the Lord without which no one sees the Lord. Because the Lord is saying that righteousness comes to you from him. But after repentance, after repentance and a deliberate effort, we choose holiness. So, in, in this way, Yahweh way is essentially saying, but you have a helper. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit right now helping you. But look whom I've sent to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. He will connect you to the kingdom of the Messiah. The Messiah is seated on the right hand side of the throne of God. And he is connected 
to the Messiah. These two messengers are connected to the Messiah. And vividly amazing, you can record, you can capture and see that they are connected to heaven where the Messiah is. So, so we connect you to the Messiah. We restore the relationship with the Messiah, that vertical and heavenly relationship, the heavenly focused salvation. So then the Holy Spirit will be important considering the apostasy of the moment, the delusion that's going on in the house. So there is need to clean up the dross of immorality, moral decay, and all these that have captured the entire earth, has arrested the attention of men. So that now the Holy Spirit can help you to conform your souls back to the worship requirements of the cloud. That is what Jesus established. And he will separate you from the desires, the, some, the wicked desires of this world. But he's saying, look, I have settled on he that sits with you. And that I am communicating the message that the Lord the holiness of God remains. The holiness of God remains. So in all that, he's saying that there is a greater importance of the redemptive authority of the blood of Jesus. So you need to walk in the, in the, in the righteousness, into the salvation of the Christ, and the holiness of that salvation in order to realize the redemption power, the redemptive authority of the blood of Jesus, which is real. And of course, I've mentioned the anointing of the Holy Spirit at this hour to be able to reorganize, reconstruct the church from the fallen, from the apostasy, the fallen position so that she may reconform to her initial place. Because the holiness of God, he has said, remains. It's irreducible. He is holy from eternity to eternity. One thing about the Lord, my friend, the Lord, my Savior, my sender, one thing about Jehovah Yahweh, my one and only friend, is that his holiness changes not. And all this, when it comes to settle on he that sits with you, the dreadful fire of the Lord, he stands the pillar, and, and, he, and he calls he that, I don't want to divulge a lot of information, if the pillar stands and then he calls he that sits with you and he turns and walks towards him, towards the fire, there's a very important message. He talks about the awareness of the consequences of sin. It's saying sin will separate you from the Lord. The consuming fire will destroy sin. 
So, again, simply the same very important issue that uh, has gotten the present-day Christian engrossed in their way, in their set way. He says, no, even when the Messiah came, the bridge, the gap, we read from uh, Exodus 19.12, and he says, you shall, you, you shall set barriers for the people all around the mountain, saying unto them, Beware that you do not go up the mountain or touch its waters. So, the cloud of God that settles on Mount Sinai, settling now on he that sits with you, he is the same, he changes not. Even today, he spoke with me here, the same cloud, he entered here, he spoke with me, he descended here by voice, and he rebuked the Buddhism of Asia and the idol worship going on in this world by voice. He is the same. Except that he's saying now, when he has settled on me, he's saying very clearly here, that never was the redemption by Christ or the grace that I brought to mankind, fallen man, by the blood of Jesus. Never was it, was it intended to tolerate sin, accommodate sin. I am still holy. But then he comes and settles on his holy messenger. On his holy servant. The covenant. He said that covenant of grace was never meant to be what you see in the church today, where there is tolerating of sin in the church. Never. Never ever. But it was meant to help the church live a more righteous life, a holier living, and then get totally consumed with the requirements of the Lord through the Holy Spirit and conform to the worship demands, to the demands of the worship sacrifice. Remember, we, we, that's where we began. And so, the Lord is speaking to the present-day church. He's saying, righteousness, that is the wedding, that's the garment, the wedding garment, that's the important garment for entry. The garment. And he says, the holiness of the Lord changes not. The holiness and the righteousness requirement of worship. Worshiping Jehovah does not change. That's all he says. And that when the covenant of grace came, he never intended that that covenant now overrule the righteousness of the Lord. Verse 7, Luke chapter 3, verse 7 says, So he began saying to the crowd who were coming out to be baptized by him, You broods of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath of God that is coming, that is to come. Verse 8 says, 
Therefore, produce fruit that is worthy of and consistent with your repentance. That is, live changed lives, turn away from sin, and seek God and His righteousness. And do not even begin to say unto yourself, as a defense, we have Abraham for our father, and so our heritage assures us of salvation. For I say unto you that from these stones, God today is able to raise up children, descendants, for Abraham. And for God can replace the unrepentant, regardless of their heritage, with those who are obedient, regardless of their former sinful nature, as long as they repent. So, he says, the holiness of the Lord remains, even in the New Testament. The righteousness of the Lord remains. And that of red is the righteousness that comes through the great redemptive blood of Jesus. The grace of the blood, the grace of Jesus. But the present day church has turned it around in a perverted way, as though this requirement does not stand away from the New Testament. Luke chapter 3, or read 7, 9, 79. The Lord is saying that Christ Jesus the Messiah, the Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior, essentially represents the worship requirements of Jehovah. What do I mean by this? That he, he is the embodiment. He is the, the physical and spiritual embodiment, representation, the living example of the conformity requirements, of the requirement for this generation in church to conform to the righteousness of God, the will of God. The will of God is that you be holy, that you be righteous, and get to enter the eternal, super-glorious kingdom of God. That is the will of God. The will of God is that you be holy, that you be righteous. So then the grace of Jesus, that scripture I've read, demonstrates the importance of why the cloud has settled on he that sits with you. He says, the holiness of God does not change. That's why I read it from the New Testament. But the fruit for repentance is still a requirement. Still a requirement. Still needed. In Matthew 13, verse 17, it says, I assure you and most solemnly say unto you, many prophets and righteous men who are honorable in the right standing and in right standing with God long to see what you see today and did not see it. 
And to hear what you hear today, and do not hear it. You have seen it, you have recorded. You have recorded that you have come and settled, and he that speaks with you. Not once, several. He has settled. His tabernacle on him. His tabernacle on him. So the holiness requirements of God remain. That is the message being transmitted here. Then he says, he says in Matthew 23, 29, he says, Woe unto ye, self-righteous scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, Pharisees, for you build tombs for the prophet and decorated adorn the monument of the righteous. So that is the generation we are in. This generation that he's brought them back to. The same. So he's again now saying, look. There is a requirement, the worship requirements of the Lord, which must be met. And this generation too has not embraced the righteousness requirements of the Lord. So the cloud has settled on he that speaks with you. In other words, the Lord is using that to demonstrate the worship of the grace. The worship through the covenant of the grace that he requires of this generation. This generation. The holiness requirements of that worship. We have settled on these two lies, good daylight, to demonstrate to you that sin is bad. That sin took away the sacred relationship with God, but now Christ the Messiah has restored that relationship. And therefore, those that profess, confess, and profess the new covenant, profess Jesus as Lord, should now walk in holiness. And the righteousness requirements of the Lord. That standard remains. For without holiness, nobody sees the Lord. So he's talking about the righteous laws that govern approaching, mankind approaching him. Die to self. Pick up your cross. On a daily basis and follow me, Jesus says. He's saying that this generation still has to be born again and be righteous and holy to approach him, to approach the cloud. The cloud has now settled here on the heavenly messengers. Because you need the grace of Jesus to approach the cloud. 
And when you enter the glorious kingdom of heaven, that's the fellowship with the cloud. The fellowship with Jehovah Elohim himself. So he's saying that when he presented the grace of our Lord Jesus, never was that intended to erode, to wish away, to wash away the purity requirements of God as you approach him. This is a grateful time, blessed people. There is much more that is still concealed that is not allowed he that speaks to be to share. But the message is very clear that connecting this church to Christ Jesus again, the stairs are being lowered. They are headed towards eternity. The pillar has connected heaven. He has come with his pillar and connected heaven to day that speak with you. In other words, where the Messiah is, to connect the generation to the Messiah back to the original gospel of the Messiah, the gospel of the cross, the gospel of the blood, the gospel of holiness, the gospel of righteousness, that the generation is full of wickedness. They are even attempting to, to make these that speak wicked. That is just how perverted it is, how terrible the day is, the moment is, the hour is. The Messiah is coming. Be holy, blessed people. Now you've understood that the holiness requirements of the Lord and the righteousness requirements of the Lord, they change not. For without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. Even in the New Testament, there are produced thoughts, the rightful fruits, in keeping with your repentance. You brood of vipers, he says. May the Lord bless you. Good morning in Hebrew. The Lord is coming. The Messiah is coming. Shalom to the